0: This podcast is for the rebels, the misfits, the stargazers, the skinny dippers, those that want to fall in love and believe in magic, those that want to bet high, break free, and know their highest self. You are listening to the Aaron Evans Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans, Buckle up and thank you for your attention. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary people, I am so honoured to be sitting with my next guest. This is a person that I found virtually and totally blew my mind. He is a yoga teacher, he is a DJ, he is a writer, among other things. Welcome to the show, Miles.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: And so, Miles Mortenson, I did some online classes with you, and I'm heading to Mexico on a retreat with you. Tell me that's, a little bit about your path and who you are.
1: My path, um, my path. That's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was grew up in Australia and was living out there, and then found my way into a dj into club culture and DJing world. And wanted to pursue a career in that, um, and went to study in Australia. It wasn't giving me what I wanted, so I found a school in London and decided to make the jump. I bought a one-way ticket um, and have been here ever since. And spent my first six years running nightclubs um, or running club nights, um, DJing and producing music and. Eventually, that took its toll and found my way into yoga through um, mainly through wanting to explore mind and meditation, and then yoga through um, actually coming from a space of not being happy with my body and a little bit of dysmorphia, and then never looked back and then found myself in India on a teacher training. And that's been the history. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey so far.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned a couple interesting things that you came in through the door of mindset and meditation, whereas a lot of folks come in the door through the physical practice, which surprises Mm -hmm. me because you have such a strong practice. So tell me about your meditation practice.
1: Med- I was actually talking with a friend about this the other night on Wednesday and it's like for me my meditation is like uh I need it like I can go a day or two without um practicing like this week I haven't practiced yoga at all just to take in the time out the load but the meditation for me is it's that moment to sit and explore and it's become such an integrated part of my practice especially especially this year um, and I kind of started that way because it was when I began to explore this it was through a lot of mental anxiety and depression and lack of self-love and worth and all that whole spider web of things um, so it kind of came through, I guess, in a way, therapy and exploring meditation is a way to sit with stuff. And then it just became a daily practice. And there's, you know, times when maybe it won't happen for a week, but I try to keep it there. And that's also where the writing is coming of, like, having that sacra- sacred moment in the morning early just to sit and experience. And it's like, for me, I literally wake up, run to the bathroom, crawl back into bed, sit up and just... Mm-hmm. Sit for twenty minutes, sometimes forty minutes, um, and it's just been such a. I mean, it takes a it's a long journey, but it's been such a beautiful adventure into exploring the internal workings of your mind and your body. And for me, it's such an integrated part of the yoga practice, and it's always an interesting conversation because I know quite a few teachers that skip the meditation part um and it's not for everyone but i think it's it's the practice is a moving meditation and that is part of the practice um but really sitting and sitting in all the shit that might come up or or the pleasure that might come up and experiencing that is so much more part of the journey for me um and it was yeah it's I was explaining to my friends like if I don't meditate for a few days I get like how people get when they don't eat it's like I get you get hungry but for meditation I'm like okay I need to just like go and sit and be by myself for a little bit so it's a kind of way just to recharge and connect into myself so then I can go out into the day and I feel rooted in um who I am and some days it's really comfortable and other days it's it's really hard mm. but yeah
0: I wanted to ask how you've changed through the practice of yoga but now my question becomes how has the body dysmorphia and the lack of self-love why is that different now through a steady practice
1: it's it's become manageable and less in the voices become more quiet. And it was actually towards the end of last year, I pushed myself to the point of, I was teaching too much. I was training too much breakdown and found myself back in a place of that dysmorphia and hating and just stress and overload and then stepped Thank god it was coming up to christmas and just had a complete break so that was quite nice and because london's a ghost town in christmas i was here and just had complete time to myself um so it's been it's changed in a way of your understanding a lot more of who you are but the like this has kind of fed through more therapy work. And I've worked with someone for six years in coaching. And it's, it's, the word therapy is tricky because it's not, he provides this really awesome unique space in which you navigate yourself and he just pokes you with the right sticks and questions. And that's been a lot of breakthroughs this year. And the foundation that I explored was like, never ever feeling enough. And once you see the root of your problem, you like you peel away these layers, these layers, these layers. And then once you hit that problem or not problem, but that point it's everything begins to shift and change. And the practice has then kind of evolved around that, but helped me to navigate. Mm. And the physical can sometimes be a nurturing stretch, slow practice sometimes it's a really like you need to release and pump and kind of dispel some steam um the meditation has helped to sit and kind of just explore and like breath work to navigate and yeah I think it's more just made stuff not bearable but come into a place of you can understand it without having to do or change anything, you know, it's there, but you know, it's not necessarily real. Mm. And it's like, you're constantly cleaning and changing and evolving this lens in which you view yourself and the world. And I was writing about this this morning. My journal is like in recent months, it's been an experimentation of my physical practice, breathing, um, Actually, microdosing, journaling, and meditation. And it's like you're slowly over time shifting and taking away this haze and fog that might be clouding yourself, but you never realize that's there until it really becomes thinner and thinner. And for me, this practice is like you're trying to change, not change, but explore these patterns that have always built up. To create the person that you are and then seeing those patterns for what they are and dissolving them mm. and so it's really been the problem is is it takes time which is what people don't want and you know if you asked me this would i be here six years ago is it would have been like you know you're just putting the foot forward and I, so i think the practice has just helped me come into this space of in the simple words deeper understanding of who i am and the patterns that have made me who i was whether that's my own or uh, what's the word i'm looking for hereditary you know what you bring on from your family or from your past um so yeah it's just me it's like help me to understand the source of why they're there and when you understand the source it's easier to dissolve them
0: yeah it always shocks me, and they describe grief <clears throat> like a set of waves rolling in. And at first, they're crashing and they're big, and it's nonstop. Um, and then there's a break in the set, and then they come back. And so grief never leaves. And the same is true for me on in my work. Is I still see those old patterns of Aaron pop up, and I'm like, oh, I thought this was gone. Oh, you still hate
1: yourself. <laughs> it's always the fascinating. I was talking with my coach the other day- morning about this. He's like, and he's uh, maybe. 50s, 60s or something, as I was saying like fucking hell a year ago, like you're still staring into the same things and thinking you're done with them and they come back up. He's like, wait till you get to my age and you're still like observing and dealing with the same things. It's like you're just always bringing new light into stuff. Uh And it's like I don't think things ever really go. It's just you know how to navigate your way through them. And I think yoga is this beautiful practice of providing tools to navigate your internal workings in the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, You likely know about samskara. And for the listener, a samskara is a scar, a pattern. It's the easiest path for a thought to travel. And in the Yoga Sutras, they claim that eventually the samskaras can be gone. So the impression Mm -hmm. of self-hate, or um I'm not enough and I'm not there yet but I'm like oh there's hope then maybe I continue to practice and the samskara impression is gone I'm curious so you've 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 hit some real um as everyone have hit some low points that it appears has really spiraled you into the man that you are do you see your pain directing your path
1: I find those moments where there is that pain, they hold, you know, as cliche as it is to say, and what every spiritual or philosopher says, it's like those moments of breaking down provide that doorway into the next part, you know, everything is a tool. And it's like, when things are peaching good, it's easy to coast. But then when spanners get thrown at you and stuff goes to shit, it's like you can really you know, you get a true sense of your character. And I think sometimes you have to go through it to hit rock bottom. But those sources of pain have definitely like channeled me to be where I am to want to be a better person than who I believe I can be to help others, you know, develop the tools to take their practice and their life into their own hands and use those struggles to really evolve who they are as a person. And, you know, sometimes it's definitely easier than others and you kind of can sometimes get stuck in those traps of, sitting in that pain for too long and every now and then you need a friend to go like yo you know come on come on you can do this or sometimes that happens with yourself you know you get hit that point of like screw this this is not what I want and for me pain has always been a source of I think drive which has been healthy and also been unhealthy at times you know there's times when it throws me into really constructive and healthy habits and good paths which now more so it does but in the past it's definitely spiraled me into destructive um, habits and tendencies but kind of through it all it's helped me to understand more of myself but also coming from a world that wasn't yoga and kind of in that escapism or drug culture all of that to kind of really relate and understand maybe perhaps mindsets that people can be in not saying that you a lot of people may take drugs because of that but it's like there's stuff that can be underlying Mm -hmm. and i think pain can be it's definitely helped me become who i am Mm -hmm. but it's taken me through the works as it does
0: And the thing is, you're not done yet. We're not done yet. There's more to come. You mentioned what was intolerable becomes tolerable or bearable. And this is the conundrum of the human experience where we are in this ever changing material world that's living and dying. And spirituality is the practice of untying what is ever changing from what is eternal therefore not getting trapped in our own trip, uh, whatever that trip may be. Why is teaching yoga important to you?
1: It's... This isn't always an interesting question for me because it's something that kind of just happened. Um, I started teaching friends just out of it, but I think the re the why the big question of like why is it that you do what i do or or teach people and it's like for me it's giving coming back to that thing of giving people the tools to develop themselves in a way that helps them live more full life and allows them to reach their fullest capacity of who they are as a human to provide a space whether that's a conversation, breathwork, meditation, a vigorous practice, that someone can feel safe in a way to explore whatever is going on and know that they don't have to change a single thing. And this is something I always say at the beginning of my classes, it's like, observe what you're feeling and know that you don't have to change a thing about it. Just watch it, be with it and experience it and connect into you. So for me, it's that's the most important thing is giving people this space where hopefully they come into knowing that they're enough and they don't have to change anything and that they can explore it with open arms
0: We become the teachers that we never had.
1: Yeah well you have to you have to teach from experience and yeah. you know you you always I think share in a way what you need to hear but Mm -hmm. then it's authentic because you're kind of teaching from you know your essence or your heart so to say rather than I find when you try to say something because you think it's what people want to hear or what you read you're like oh that's cool it just doesn't flow or when you're teaching from a space where you really embody it and it's that experience and maybe it's something you're working with or need to hear it's like that feeds out into the room and you know I think you and I maybe both been in a class where a teacher says something you are like mm, that doesn't connect and you can see that it doesn't connect with them and then you've been in classes where it's like fuck they're going in deep like wow and, you know sometimes it's even just words in a song that a teacher's cued in perfectly yeah. um but yeah
0: yeah go into that do you believe that we become channels
1: Mm, I think sometimes words just flow, but I don't know about channels. I think when you're in that flow state or that space of ease, it's like you don't have to think about what to say. The right thing comes out, whether that's from another source or just from a deeper space of you. Mm -hmm. I think those moments are when you're connected and it's just fluid. Mm -hmm. it's that flow state and i think we become a channel for ourselves for that deepest sense of essential self to expand and come through
0: Mm -hmm. beautifully put you mentioned uh to teach people to become more full to live more alive to live to their fullest capacity what's your fullest capacity
1: Fuck. (laughs) my my fullest capacity Um, I think just to try to break down who I think I am and try to be the best when I say the best the more the most honest and truthful real version of myself whatever that looks like And I don't know if that's an ever-ending journey, but to be in my fullest capacity is to be the most honest with myself, to hold the most integrity and to be able to show up in a space that is real and authentic and to not live a life that is dismissive of... not needs but like not denying myself to live in that truth mm-hmm. to live in what's real
0: yeah like almost, like, be, almost like codependent like I'll, I'll let you all your needs be met but I won't meet my own
1: yeah because we can very easily fall into that um what's the word I'm looking for you know feeding to other people or and we very much neglect ourselves and it's like that doesn't mean you have to go and be you know dismiss or other people but i feel like we can spend so much time denying ourselves of certain things which in a way is ahimsa and you know we don't express the truth that satyr and it's like how to live a life in which you're in coexistence with yourself and with the world and with others and to be in contentment with where you are and what you have Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's i think just to be in contentment and to not have to add anything but to be completely in hold integrity with myself
0: and how does one continue to be ambitious get after things live their dharma and then in the same in the same context be content
1: I mean, this is always a very interesting question. I've heard this discussed many, well, not many times, but it's like, how do you, there is this perception of within, I think, yoga of like, have nothing, you know? And this is something I've actually been journaling about because in recent, it's been the first time where I'm like, I'm content. There is nothing I need to add. There is nothing I need to take away. There is nothing I need to change. And I went from last year being quite business heavy mindset of like, get this, get this, hustle, 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 hustle. And it almost drove me into the ground. And it's been such a shift since the new year of like, I'm actually good. Do I, I still have my dreams and my goals? And I have that drive to achieve that, but to be content with where you are and what you have, knowing that it's enough I think feeds into that drive of just being the best that you can be and everything that gets added in is a bonus and there's this beautiful quote by Alan Watts that is like all you need is food water and sh- food water shelter and companionship companionship and everything else is a bonus you know and it's like to have the dreams and desires there's nothing wrong with that we all have it and we all want to achieve certain things but that doesn't mean you can't be content with where you are because it's as soon as we aren't content we strive for more and you know it's as they say you get all the money you can have all the things and if you're still not content with who you are and what you're doing it's never going to be that so it's being feeling whole in the situation but still wanting to get to where you want to be, but not, uh, what's the word? Not thinking that it's going to give you more purpose or define who you are. And we allow these goals and things to define us. And I think that's where we become discontent. Mm. At least that's from my experience. I, I was like, pushing in London, tracing this status. And I had a very good friend of mine go, what, where you are and what you're portraying are not aligning. You're living two separate things. And I saw this, it was really this slap in the face of like, I'm living to the life of my ego that is chasing this. And I'm neglecting the authentic nature of myself and then since letting that go, it's been like, I'm good. Mm. And it's amazing because when you come into those spaces and those things come, everything else is a bonus. It's a gift. And you're just, but things come because you're in that space of like, you're open to receiving. You're not chasing everything down, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they're doing some
0: works. <laughs> I was like, "Is that his music? Is this a new album?" album? <laughs>
1: they're the oh, building yeah. uh, in the house next door.
0: Uh, there's a roomy quote, and he says, "Don't worry for what you've lost because it'll come back in another form."
1: And mm. what
0: you're speaking to is this idea of a hungry ghost, and that we're tr- there's a god-shaped hole in our heart, and we're trying to fill it with sex and money and drugs and success, yeah. but it doesn't complete us, and so when you were driven uh, in the world of business, I'm assuming like you were hustling, probably yoga, music, all of it. What mm. was the drive behind that?
1: Not being enough. I will never forget the conversation of, so my coach is, uh, my therapist coach is in Australia. So I generally wake up at 6.30, 6 a.m. in the morning to have my brain picked apart, <laughs> which is always fun. But I will never forget being like, sitting at the end of the, you know, session talking through, okay, what's all these financial fears, these worries, what is this thing that I'm chasing? And then hitting that point of like, fuck, it's because I don't feel enough. And it was this such light bulb and glass shattering moment of like, wanting to be, At a certain status, at a certain level, to have X amount. And, you know, I still have financial goals and, you know, to hit certain things within my teaching. But it was like, I think when you're chasing it from a space of that's going to define me, it's, as you say, a ghost to hollow from, uh, to chase from. And, at the base of it, it, was because I didn't believe in myself that I was enough, just as I was. And I was very lucky to have a close friend who was the same that said you're living two different things really begin to open these doors. And I had another friend speak, speak. she sent me a message um, being like, what's going on? You're I haven't spoken to you in ages, um, that aside, but she was like, everything I'm seeing is out of alignment with you. We haven't seen each other in months, but and then she gave me this energy reading not in person over she just sat with stuff and then sent me this recording and I was like okay let's I was a bit like okay let's see what happens and then listen to it. I was just like shit wow okay and just she was like you've lost that reason of why you're doing what you're doing. And it was like, bringing me back into the space of like, this is why you teach. This is why you're doing what you're doing. And I think when the pandemic hit, it was just when I went full-time teaching self-employment. Um, and then it was a very quick realization of like, I don't want to be reliant on studios and also being like, I wasn't earning any money. I was on government support. So I was like, okay, how do I change this around? And then got stuck into the business and marketing and sales world and got, you know, it's when you look at people that have created a hundred thousand dollar or million dollar lives out of nothing, it's like, that's pretty cool. And it is cool. But then it's also what space are you doing that from mm-hmm. what's the message behind the actions and I kind of found myself in the space of chasing this, the personality of like status, fine things, hustler, work, mentality, you know, big shot, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I remember having two, it was like these polar opposite sides of me of like chasing this financial and status. And then also this side that was like, this is not real. And this is exactly what she said in the energy reading of like you have two ways that you can progress forward and it's either you can chase the money and burn everyone on the way up or you can go the route that's authentic and i just went ooh, okay So it was just like reality check wow. um i'm very i was very very th- thankful for it it was just before the new year so it really helped me bring in the space of like okay and ever since then it's like, let go of financial worries, let go of like stuff. And it's just been such this fluidity of like, I'm good. Everything is good. Yeah. But I was, I'm lucky that I had that quite reality check. And I mean, it's it's I've had this conversation with a few teachers and friends in London, because it's, I mean, the yoga teacher life is it's a hustle. And especially in a city where you're paying you know 800 to a thousand pounds a month in rent and you have to teach x amount of classes and you know it's it's a grind mm-hmm. yeah. so everything feeds into that but yeah
0: yeah and and there i heard somebody say that that prosperity is having exactly what you need and wealth is having way more than what you need and the whole premise of most spiritual teachings is that we are always provided for but I feel you as a yoga teacher, thank you for articulating that. It is a hustle, like we're not making, nobody's giving us benefits, no one cares. We have to sub out classes, we don't get paid. If karma is the law of causality, action and reaction, Mm. do you think there was karmic debt incurred when you were in the hustle?
1: Karma is something I actually haven't really explored.
0: What do you think it is?
1: i don't know karma is always a funny one of people, like of people like oh yeah i got bad karma it's like okay what is is this like a scapegoat of like oh i'm a gemini so i'm like this you know or people say oh you're a scorpio it's like what, is, what does that mean like, um you know, the worst most biggest asshole Stein sign apparently. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a
0: Scorpio too. We are. People always say that.
1: Ah, uh, people are like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're Scorpio, of course. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I know. Um But I think with the financial stuff is like I think maybe there was conditioning from you know, parents and certain situations growing up, um, you know, what you see what you take on board and that kind of thing. And it really opened me up to a world of like, why are we not financially educated more? You know, why is there not this conversation? And why is business and finances such a taboo topic in yoga? Um, so maybe there was some karma for, but I don't think I did anything bad to receive. I don't know, I don't remember the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, maybe it was a karmic lesson into what could be or what could have been or something.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I hear karma explain, like I'm carrying a glass of milk. Ooh, gross, who drinks milk? And I trip and I fall and it crashes because I'm in a hurry. And so now mm. I have to clean up this glass and I'm in a hurry.
1: No, I think, well, I think definitely in that sense of, like, i probably calm it myself, you know, of chasing that certain thing and being, like, creating this whole stressful life and mess and then be, like, this is, no, okay, I need to clean up my spilt milk.
0: Yeah.
1: No. Yeah, I think there was definitely, you know, that of, like, stop being a dickhead, you know, <laughs> essentially. Oh,
0: I just can't imagine you being a dickhead, but...
1: Fair. Um, maybe with myself or oh. like, you know, not being neglecting maybe certain relationships or kind of just not be showing up in the best way and then you drive yourself into the ground and then you don't want to teach or you can't show up to your students in the way that you can. And it's like using more the dickhead term of like stop doing dumb things, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. pull yourself into check.
0: Well, but being a teacher requires you to get bare naked on, on stage in front of a bunch of people. I remember I was running a training in India, and I was going through a divorce. And, I like, I was deciding whether I was going to leave my former. And I just had to, like, like push my stuff away so that I could show up for these people. So teaching yoga is, it is, it is such an honorable path
1: it's yeah I mean this is where I always find it funny where people are like your know, life's easy you just have to teach three classes there. like you're holding space for 10 to 20 people you know it's not and it's like it's not just hey let's hang out and have a conversation you know it's like you're going generally it can be quite deep work and some you know there's times when you're going through stuff and you're like I have nothing to give and you don't want to touch people you don't want to adjust and you still have to somehow push that stuff aside to show up other days it's like fluid and you can really nurture and hold but you know as you say it's like you're in the middle you could be in the middle of a train you're having to deal with a divorce or something's just happened with family or like you have a mental breakdown you're like I have 20 30 people here and I have to look after them yeah it's the holding space thing is a lot and i think yoga can get very much like you're just telling people what to do with their bodies so it's like it's not just a pt workout you know not that saying a pt workout can't be energetic but it's like you're working more with psychological and the psychological and energetic bodies rather than just the physical And you never know also what someone else is going to bring into the class. Like I've had it where you were just a student and you're just like, whoa, you know, what is, and it just shakes you up for the rest of the day and then you have something to deal with.
0: Yeah. And and holding space, I'd love to walk that line for a moment. Because Mm. what you're doing is you're creating a trance-like state you are giving them permission and almost making them feel safe enough to be silent. And like, what do you believe holding space even means?
1: I think it's bringing back to that, I guess that kind of why I do teach is like holding space is giving someone the safeness to explore their bodies and themselves and that's a very slow drip process um you know my dream one day is to like curate a venue or a space that literally opens the doorway for a different way of conversation And you know whether that's breath work yoga calisthenics hand balancing meditation journaling ice baths anything whatever people want to explore but one thing I've never really liked on it in the yoga or this kind of world is like, okay, let's sit down and talk. Let's talk about our feelings. And it's like, fuck, maybe I don't want to, but when you have a space where the autonomy that you give the person, the autonomy to explore that, it's much more powerful. And I don't get me wrong. There's, you know, the time and a place where it's like, it can be nice to have that little push or push to the edge of discomfort. But I think when you provide that space and they feel comfortable to open up, that's more giving them a foundation of ownership that they can then carry with them. Mm-hmm. So it's, I never want to provide and hold space and it's like, okay, cool, let's sit down and talk about this trauma. But it's like beginning to, provide the grains in which people can grow their own garden of thought, so to say, and explore it within their own power. Mm. And that's, I think, been so much of my journey, which is why that's what I want to share of like, I started yoga as self practice, I started exploring this by myself. So but when you have that, it's yours and you can navigate that where when you become complacent and reliant on someone they always have to be there and i think a retreat or you know having a teacher is great or someone to confide in you know uh but it's like you see people go on these retreats and then they get stuck and that's the you know they become addicted because that's all they can go through okay. or that's the only way they know and it's like the practices in the everyday life, and it's building the tools to do that in everyday life, or the space to have that conversation.
0: I have chills all over my body. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And 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 that whole idea of of self practice for me, for you. I primarily practice alone. Who inspires you?
1: Who inspires me, and what inspires me? Um, I'm very lucky to have a lot of good friends around that really inspire me. Um, I think it's really important to have people that ask you hard questions and call you on your shit, essentially. Um, so I have a very, few, I have a few close friends that I've met recently that really push me to be someone better, and that inspire. And I look at them, I'm like fuck the way they move the way they talk the way they just live it's like people that are doing the work inspires me to do the work Mm -hmm. um my mom is definitely a massive inspiration for me in that she really helped me to navigate and turn on this path um and the way she is within this world and standing she's really for me the inspiration to hold strong in who you are and to hold yourself with integrity and to live by your values and your principles and not let anyone take that away from you or push you around. And that's, she's always been, you know, we each have our own journey and you can have people tell you things, but she's always been like, don't ever let anybody take away from who you are. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely teachers that, you know, I think kind of inspire me in different ways of, you know, everyone gives me, every teacher I go to offers me something different where there's one teacher who I go to, who is a massive inspiration that they just, they love what they do so much. And they, you know, they play all the techno and they just dance around the room and enjoy it. And they don't care what anybody thinks it's like, this is the sequence. This is a class. This is the music. That's how it is. Um, you know, there's other teachers that I go to where it's like a massive inspiration to speak the philosophy, to look at yourself in your own practice and to really, you know, challenge what yoga is today in a modern world and to teach people that not just the physical um
0: your your juxtaposition is so beautiful you're all tattooed you you can put your feet on your head (laughs) in a handstand so i had no idea what direction the conversation would go but i am pleasantly surprised at your dexterity and your curiosity you're so humble. And for uh, sure. for the listener you ought to check out his Instagram. He is a writer, he's a yogi, he is a fucking phenomenal yoga teacher. My god. Part of me doesn't want anyone to know cuz you you, <laughs> you should be a yoga celebrity and I've studied with a lot of teachers. So Miles oh, bless her. Where could people find you?
1: What's um there? Instagram is the best at miles Mortensen yoga, although I've been kind of quiet on there recently, I need to get back on that social game. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the best at it, I'm not gonna lie. There's website www.milesmortensonyoga.com, which they're the two best places. Um, And on there you can find events, workshops, you can hack into all my Spotify playlists. Um, There I have all my writing, and stuff and yeah they're they're the two main parts
0: awesome and i know you've got a couple of retreats happening do you want to just briefly tell us
1: yeah sure so me and uh my good friend rachel walsh uh who was actually one of the first yoga teachers i started going to we're doing a rocket deep dive retreat in sweden on the 16th to the 22nd of may at a place called shambhala gatherings uh, which is going to be fun there's apparently moose and wild boar. So I'm quite keen to get involved in some nature with a floating hot tub as well. (laughs) Sauna, sorry. Um, I'm going to be hosting a rocket and handstand intensive at, in Portugal, at this place called Shanty Space at the end of August, start of September, which I need to put out. And then me and another good friend, Erin, who's an amazing, amazing teacher of yoga and movement and philosophy in life. Um, helped me a lot on my journey where we're going to be hosting a retreat together in Bacala in Mexico at the end of the year. And yeah, that's, they're the few big upcoming projects.
0: Okay. Amazing. And I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Last question, favorite book,
1: favorite book. Oh, One book is that I swear by and refer to everyone is Diamond Heart by A.H. Almas. That is where all my work, philosophy and inquiry and wanting to dive into looking at myself comes from. Mm -hmm. It is one of the hardest series of books to read. And I still haven't gotten to three or four. And it took me about six months a year to read a thin little book because it's just amazing yes. but yeah that that book has been um probably the one that i recommend otherwise i'm loving michael Pollan at the moment mm. yeah me too but yeah
0: oh miles so good
1: i was good man thank you for having me and having a having a chat
0: yeah and thank you for being so candid and transparent
1: no it was awesome like I love having these conversations with people where you can just put it all out and get into the nitty gritty of stuff.
0: And especially coming from a man, I think that's really powerful.
1: It's one thing I wanna start pushing more is like creating these spaces for men to get into yoga and really go into that vulnerability. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What a pleasure speaking to Miles. It is exemplary of how you can never judge a book by its cover. And the path of yoga is to go in and to face the things that we want to avoid with substance and distractions. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. As always, I love you. Until next time, paddle forwards.